0: Jesus is real. There's power in Your name. We we trust in Your ways. We need and Jesus is
1: real. Man, we need to embrace the blessing of family. The blessing of children. I love this. Children are an inheritance. They're a reward amazing. Now, what's interesting is you might be saying, well, I'm single and I don't have any kids. And what does that, where does that lead me? You realize that you're somebody's blessing, right? Somebody's blessed with you. What's funny is, is that oftentimes when you think, well, what does it have to do with me? When you realize that you're, someone's blessed with you, also make sure that you're a blessing for the people who are blessed with you.
0: If you hear the word warrior to describe a man, you probably don't think of your neighbor or coworker or even best friend warrior is most often used to describe a person of the past. But today, Pastor Daniel, will challenge that assumption as he examines what it means for a man to be a warrior of God. There's nothing that brings a person to life like having a cause to fight for. And today, we'll find out how a man can be armored up to face life. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part three of his message, A Song for Dad. Jesus
1: 30, Maranatha comes downstairs. She says, "Dad, I'm scared. Why are you scared, sweetheart? I think there's a leprechaun in my room." (laughs) And I automatically thought about me being a watchman. And I thought to myself, "I'm." It it was really cute. She was just like, "I think there's a leprechaun in my room." And literally, I thought, "I'm like, okay, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to catch the leprechaun." And like, I had this whole thing, and then I realized it was 9:30 at night. And being a good watchman, the last thing I wanted was Maranatha up all night. So I know what I said. I said, sweetie, if there is a leprechaun in your room, he's a nice one. Go back to bed. Because I could have gotten her all wound. You know you can get your daughter wound up with that whole thing. I can go in her closet, start throwing things out. There's a leprechaun in here. I I thought about it for a second. Because you can imagine that, like throwing things out of the closet. Whoa, jumped on my head. And she'd be freaked out all night. She'd be up all night. And as a good watchman, I knew that the only thing I needed to do is get that girl back to bed. And so sure enough, I checked on her about 15 minutes later, and she was asleep. She was this happy clam. But I thought about being a watchman, because if there really was a leprechaun in her room, right, I'd do good to go and catch that little bugger, right? (laughs) Because you're you're protecting them. And listen, Dad, listen. You can't protect anybody if they don't feel safe around you. And I think one of, the, one of the biggest hindrances to children and wives and their nurture is that we don't let them feel safe. Now, listen, making them feel safe doesn't mean you got it all together. Making them feel safe is owning your garbage when you're being garbage-like. Protect them. Look out for them. That's your calling and equipping from the Lord. Be a watchman. Keep the Bible in your hand and look out for their souls. Look out for their souls. Now, look at what it says in verse 2. It says, it is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Now, the picture here is somebody rising up early, staying up late, kind of being anxious as they seek in vain to do what God isn't doing. But notice he says, for so he gives his beloved sleep. The idea is if a man is spiritual, and if he is a builder and he's a watchman, I think the principle that we can pull out of this is that we also need to be diligent. The idea of rising up early, staying up late. It's a picture of somebody who with all of their might, they can do what's in front of them. And dads, I'm here to tell you, you need to be diligent. You need to remember that it's a marathon and not a sprint. That the things of God, as it relates to your family, it's not a one-time thing. It's every single day re-upping the investment on pouring into your bride, pouring into your kids, taking care of the eternal things and the temporal things. I think for most men, actually, I think for most people, most of our lives are a series of fits and starts right? We decide we're going to be intentional. We're going to go at this thing and then we do it for a day or two days or a week or two weeks. And one of the things that I've found has been really helpful in my life in regards to diligence is actually write down the things that I want to accomplish and write them down and either read it once a month or once a week because the fits and starts, that's just real life. All of us struggle with that. I mean, some of you are like You know, eternally diligent people where everything you put your mind to, you just kind of get it done. Like, I always think of Pastor Bill with losing all of his weight and he's kept it off for so long. I mean, God bless him, you know? That's not normal, right? But there's a diligence that he's made a decision that he's not going to change, that that's not going to change, and he did it. But it also, Pastor Bill would tell you, he also did about 500 diets before he actually did that one and got it done. See, so you need to sit down and you need to make a list. These are the things as a dad that I want to see in my life, to see in my family's life. I need to write it down. You need to put it up in your calendar that once a week or once a month it pops back up. Because what you'll find is that if you are diligent, keep going back. That you don't just make a decision, have a fit, and then it stops and you leave it for a year. If you come back to it more quickly, you'll find that little by little it will grow. Little by little, you'll take the next step and the next step. Oh, I got that thing down, but I need to work on this thing and focus on that. Diligence is so important because it is a marathon and not a sprint. I think as husbands, as fathers, we should seek to rise early and be up late. I don't know that we should, you know, eat the bread of sorrows, but we do remember that God gives us sleep. But we should be diligent as dads. We should be diligent as husbands. Now, listen, I say that. And I want to, because it's really easy at this point in the message, we've gotten four of the points done. and would be like, oh, man. Some guys are just like, man, Fusco, I'm done with this. You're killing me here. And your wife's like, man, I wish my husband was like that. Quit judging the poor dude. <laughs> but, you know, if we're not there, we just come to the Lord and say, Lord, will you help me to take the next step? Sometimes these things seem so big, so impossible, that we don't even get off the starting blocks. How many of you guys remember what about Bob? Remember that? What's the theme? What's the one thing you remember from what about Bob? Baby steps. Baby steps. I love that because Bob couldn't do half anything, so everything was a baby step, right? Just take the step. So I'm here to tell you, don't worry about what it, what it wasn't yesterday. Oh, I wasn't diligent. I haven't been diligent in years. All the Just take a baby step. Say, hey, I'm going to just take a step, Lord. And I'm going to trust that you're going to meet me there. But we need to be diligent. The pursuit of our bride's heart, the pursuit of our children, and their growth in the things of the Spirit and providing, thats a that takes diligence all the time, keeping on, keeping on. And we need to do it. Now notice what happens next, because in verse 3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. I love this. Children are an, are a heritage or an inheritance, and the fruit of the womb is a reward. Listen, be blessed. Be blessed. Think about a heritage, an inheritance, a reward. That's a blessing, right? No matter how small of an inheritance you get, if you get one, you're stoked, right? because it's an unexpected gift, it's a blessing. And I think we need to remember to be blessed because Satan has always used the divide and conquer tactic on families. He uses divide and conquer as a tactic. See what happens is, is within a family, especially within an individualistic culture like the day and age that we live, it's always like, oh man, if they were looking out for me, then I would be happier, right? We forget that children are a gift from God. They are an inheritance, a reward. But in the midst of it, when your child's up in the middle of the night, you don't feel like they're an inheritance, right? You're like, oh, this is the gift that just keeps on giving. How many more? I got 15 and a half more years until I can ship them off to college. Even if they're not ready to go, I'm going to get rid of them. Parents feel that way, don't we? See, oftentimes, and and if you talk to most people, the way people's lives progress is this way. They're single like, man, I'll be really happy when I get married. And they get married and not so happy. Well, I'll be happy when we have kids. And then they have kids, they're like, man, I'd be really happy if I didn't have kids and was single again. That's kind of the arc of human existence. Now, I know you guys all laugh, that kind of uncomfortable, uneasy laugh, but it's kind of true, Right? And then by the time you don't have kids and they're out of the house, then you're like, man, I just wish I was young again. And the young people are like, I'll just be happy when I'm old. See, it's like it's you never get settled with these things. And I'm here to tell you, listen, it's a blessing. You've been blessed. If you have a spouse, that's a blessing. If you have kids, that's a blessing. And God wants you to embrace it as a blessing. I need to resist the, oh man, if only they were looking, if only they were thinking that, you know, about me. It's always about them. It's always about them. You know what's funny? What you'll find is if it's always about you, you're never happy anyway. Isn't that true? Why? It's like, what, what about me? What about, what about you? You've never been happy when it's about you, and neither have I. See, it's a blessing, and Satan wants to divide and conquer. He wants to tell you, man, you'd be better off without them. If you drop, you know, if you drop dead, they'd be happier without you. All that stuff. Man, we need to embrace the blessing of family, the blessing of children. I love this. this. Children are inheritance, they're a reward from God. That's amazing. Now, what's interesting is you might be saying, Well, I'm single and I don't have any kids, and what does that where does that lead me? You realize that you're somebody's blessing, right? Somebody's blessed with you. And what's funny is is that oftentimes when you think, well, what does it have to do with me, when you realize that you're someone's blessed with you, also make sure that you're a blessing for the people who are blessed with you. Isn't that true? Oftentimes we just like to stick it to our folks. Just like I'm just going to give them a hard time because I can. That ain't kind, is it? Some of us need to go back to our dads and apologize for being brats. Can I get an amen? I was like,
0: oh,
1: <laughs> ooh! Families are blessings. They're blessings, and they're meant to be embraced and held as a blessing. Now, if you've been bored to this point, this is going to be a fun part. I want you to look at verse four. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. Huh. So now the picture's of a warrior with all sorts of arrows. A quiver was what you put your arrows in. So happy is the man who's got all sorts of arrows of his kids. Now, guys, you need to be a warrior. You need to be a warrior. Now, I think this is really important because I think for most men in 21st century America, men are languishing because they're not given the space to be warriors. You look at movies that guys like, you think of a movie like Braveheart, the Iron Man movies. See, guys are drawn to those type of stories. Why? Because you have a man who has a woman that he loves and a cause that he's willing to die for. And I think we need to give men back the opportunity to be adventurous and warriors in this culture. Because in a lot of ways, and I'm going to be kind of graphic here, we live in a culture that has castrated men. Functionally castrated them. That the man who is passionate and has things he wants to do and cause he wants to conquer is seen as, oh, come on. That's just like so like, I mean, John Wayne was so 1950. And it's the same culture that says you don't really need dads. You don't really need it. And then you know what happens? The culture grabs hold of this castration of men and then some of you wives you castrate your husbands not physically uh, Lorena Bobbitt style but s- some women have literally taken all of the passion and adventure out of their husbands because they're so strong and every time he starts dreaming something huge you're like oh come on we just need to pay the mortgage I want to get my nails done now I'm giving a caricature But listen, I'm here to tell you, uh, you wives, you'll know that you castrated your husband because there was a time when he would tell you that he wanted to do things and you keep cutting them down, cutting them down. And a guy who's been castrated knows at some point, it's just not worth it to go there anymore. Like, so if you've castrated your husband, so to speak, by not letting him be a warrior, be a champion for his family, you'll know it because there was a time that he would talk about it. He doesn't talk about it anymore. Why? Because it hurts every time it happens. And at some point, you pull back and you say, you know what, I ain't going there. And so many men, I'm here, I'm being just honest, you can read studies, so many men feel this way in 21st century America, that they're not allowed to be passionate and have dreams about conquering the world because they've been kind of shoved into a corner with this kind of limp-wristed product in their hair, getting your nails done, shaving your chest kind of uh, way a man is. Now listen, some of you guys do that and we're praying for you. The whole, at, that's just all wrong. It's all wrong. We're praying. We're praying. Ain't no warriors got a shaved chest. I'm just saying it. You're ne- you're ne- it just doesn't happen. It don't happen. <laughs> you know a warrior, he's got dirt under his nails. He ain't got himself a manny petty. Lord, help us. I mean, guys, you need to be a warrior for the things of God. You need to say, look, I have the love of my wife, and I have a passion for God's kingdom. And in order to be a force for righteousness in the world, it's not going to be easy. It's going to take a lot of energy. And you know what? I'm going to get a little nicked up in the process, but those are battle wounds. You come out, you're like, yeah, look at that one. Listen. Our culture wants lapdog husbands. But no woman ever fell passionately in love with a lapdog. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about some false machismo guy either. I'm talking about a man who's deeply biblical. A man who loves the Lord and loves his wife and loves the thing of his kingdom. And if you're here today and you're a guy and you feel castrated by your life and by your spouse, you need to just go in and love him to say, listen, you need to set me free to be a warrior. Listen, if you can't say it on Father's Day, the number of men in 21st century America who feel this way, it's profound. There's a huge problems because our culture's out of order, and the family gets out of order, and then guys feel like they're dying inside. But men do not die when they're out on the hunt being a warrior for the things of God. So we need to release men to be men again. I mean, think about David. David. David, he was a phenomenal musician, but he was also a warrior. I mean, you guys remember the, the song, right? You know, Saul killed hundreds and David killed thousands. I mean, David brought back 154 skins of the Philistines. <laughs> That's awkward, right? <laughs> you can imagine David throwing those, yeah! Those Philistines didn't know what hit him! And then he goes and he grabs his guitar. <laughs> And every woman's like, yeah, the warrior who can sing, yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to say foreskins on Father's Day, I'm sorry. You can pray for me. I didn't write it, it's in your Bibles, man. Blame the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, don't bring a bag of foreskins home, please. That'd just be nasty. That's just like, it wouldn't be right. If you don't know what a foreskin is, praise God. <laughs> men are at their best when they have a woman to love and a cause to fight for. That's when guys feel the most alive. And we need to release men again unto that calling. Now, of course, when I think about being a warrior, I think about the armor of God that we find in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 20. If you're going to be a warrior, you need to get armored up. And you guys know, right, you have the, the helmet of salvation, right? You have the breastplate of righteousness, and you have your, the belt of truth, and you have your feet shod with the gospel of peace, and you have the shield of faith, and you have the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and then it goes on praying in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. See, we don't need just kind of machismo MMA warriors. We need men who are armored up with the things of God. And you need the helmet of salvation so that all of your thoughts get filtered through the finished work of God's saving plan through Jesus Christ. And you need that breastplate of righteousness. All of your most essential organs that if it gets hit you'll die. Jesus' righteousness covers it. And us walking with Jesus and his righteousness covers that. You have to belt the truth because the truth holds it all together. The truth that Jesus set us free by his finished work. And on your feet, you got the footwear, the gospel of peace, the good news of God's shalom and peace. And then, of course, you got the shield of faith. Now, I know you can use the shield as a weapon. We've all watched enough uh, battle movies where they hit. But it's really not that. What does it do? It's meant to block the fiery darts of the enemy. Now, listen, I've never served my country on, on, on a field of war, so I don't want to speak as if I have, but one thing you do know is if you do sign up to be an infantry soldier, at some point, bullets are gonna come flying at you, right? And I I tell people all the time, like I feel called to ministry, I'm like, you realize you're you're asking to go on the front lines, right? When bullets start flying, you signed up for that. But God gives us the shield of faith because our belief in the finished work of Jesus protects us from whatever comes our way. And then of course, You have that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. One of your offensive weapons. You have the word. It's not about hand-to-hand comment and giving somebody a sleeper hold. It's about having God's word as an offensive weapon to, to dismantle the plans of the evil one. And, of course, you have prayer in there as well. Guys, be a warrior. Wives, moms, listen. Pray about releasing your husband to be a warrior for the things of Jesus doesn't mean he still won't be kind and loving and compassionate. He'll be all those things. But when he's out on the hunt for the things of God, you will see a new man. Because you know what happens if you don't release men to be a warrior for the things of Jesus? He will be a warrior for other things like fantasy football or video games. See, men need something to conquer. And if we don't allow them to conquer in Jesus' name, in righteousness, they will find other things to conquer. And most of it is trivial, frivolous, and by and large, useless. So either way, they're going to go conquering something. It's just a matter, are we releasing them to conquer things that actually have eternal weight? So we need to be a warrior. Now, so look, we have be spiritual, be a builder, be a watchman, be diligent, be blessed, be blessed. Be a warrior. Look at verse 5. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Finally, we need to be happy. I love this. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. See, a father who's spiritual and diligent, and he's a builder and a watchman, and a man who's blessed, and a man who's a warrior. He's going to be at peace. He's not going to be ashamed. And he's going to speak with his enemies in the gate. I mean, this is total safety and security. That in the city gates, he is honored and revered, and his enemies come to talk to him because they don't want to have to deal in battle with him. But we need to be happy Now, This is the thing. You know what the problem with happiness is? Happiness is our culture's thing, right? Everything's about be happy. But you know and I know that when you make your happiness the end of your life, you're completely unhappy. Sociologists write about this. It's all over the place. That when you make your own happiness the driving force of your life, you will always be unhappy. No amount of toys, no amount of things. It's just never quite enough when happiness is the pursuit. But the Bible tells a different tale. The Bible says that happiness is the fruit of holiness. True happiness comes when we step into the holiness of God. And the holiness of God now overwhelms us with happiness because it's not about our will being done, it's about God. It's not about what we want, it's about what God is doing and what God wants. And man, I'm here to tell you if you make happiness your pursuit, it's like grasping for the wind. You're just never going to get it. It never comes from things.
2: Jesus is. Webster's Dictionary defines friction as the resistance that one surface or object encounters when moving over another. We experience friction all around us, from the people at work to the people who won't leave the left lane when you're in traffic. Irritation and friction affect us every day. But probably the most significant area where we face friction these days is when our modern culture collides with our faith. They just don't play nice sometimes. I recently shared a series called Friction with our family of faith at Crossroads Community Church, and I would love to share it with you as well. This series has revolutionized our thinking about how we, the body of Christ, are to exist and engage the culture around us for the cause of Christ. It comes straight out of the book of Daniel. This month, we've created a special mini-series from the
0: Friction series
2: just for you, the Jesus is Real radio listener. Here's Josh with the info you need to get yourself a copy.
0: Thanks, Pastor Daniel. Anyone who supports Jesus is Real Radio through the month of May with a gift of $25 or more will receive a special three-part mini-series that was taken from the Friction series that Pastor Daniel just mentioned. To receive your three CD set from the Friction series, simply visit JesusIsRealRadio.com and select Partner from the main menu. There you'll have the opportunity to give a one-time gift or support Jesus is Real Radio on a monthly basis. Please remember, every bit of support you provide helps us continue and expand what God is doing through Jesus is Real Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, may God bless.